Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening. That's how it's done, Mr. Watkins. And welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network. I am your host, well, kind of. My name is Harry Broadhurst, but I won't be handling the hosting duties this evening. We'll get to that in just a second. The man I just yelled at, first and foremost, is the executive producer. He is the SDO. He is Eric Watkins. I mean, first of all, we've been through this. That was just a one-off. Second of all, I don't know. I thought I heard a sucking sound from somewhere. Maybe it's just me. Oh, got to stop myself from making that joke. Family show on myself before we even get started. Thanks for that, Eric. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I was just going to say it's probably my wife. You can't see under the desk. (laughs) There's a reason my camera's off. Ow! Anyway, (laughs) the other voice you just heard is the unprofessional. He's Jason Teasley. Uh, The reason why your camera's off is you're taking matters into your own hands. We understand. It, it is what it is. What can I say? Sometimes you got to do what and, you got to do. And sometimes you got to do it by yourself. Anywho, so the reason I said that I'm your host kind of is because I'm actually taking a step back for this episode. Usually I would be the one taking everybody through all of the various segments that we have. And most of the segments in our regular season episode will remain the same. We'll work on formatting here shortly. Tonight, however, we give you a special presentation for the kickoff as we do kind of a mock draft of sorts where we try to figure out who we think is going where and which one of us has the biggest reach. In addition, if you don't mind, Mr. Teasley, I would like to add that at the end of the episode, we specifically talk about what we want our team to do as well as who we think will be the biggest stud and the biggest bust in this draft. Fair enough? Yeah, that works. I think we can get that. We could we could take care of that in a ninety minute episode, give or take. We'll see how this goes. Let's go over to the man himself, your host for this draft, (laughs) our own personal Goodell, Jason Teasley. Oh wow, this is actually my first hosting gig on the kickoff. I mean, this is the first time I've hosted kickoff. Usually, I get uh, I get told that it's going to either be Sean that sucks a dick. We're Eric, so I'm I'm glad to be hosting tonight. <laughs> uh, so I mean, Don't yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> so we're just gonna go down. Uh, we're gonna go down the ad draft order. Um, there's gonna be some things that I'm gonna be saying in this because there's some predictions I have. I don't know if uh, Harry or Eric have any of the similar, but I'm gonna be mentioning because I see two uh, two picks being traded, uh, and we'll talk about that when we get to them. But I'm going to go down the draft order. We're going to basically, uh, when we come across our, our Homer teams, uh, we're going to kind of go in depth uh, on that pick a little bit. But with that being said, I mean, Jacksonville's on the clock, Eric. Uh, is it safe to say that this is the consensus uh, for the past two years who's going at this spot? Well, I mean, if it isn't the consensus, then he's going to have to find everybody who chipped in the 11 grand for his wedding present and all issue refunds. But 
with even with his remarks saying, I'll see you soon, Urban Meyer, even though he's been coy about it, it's Trevor Lawrence. It has been Trevor Lawrence. It really wasn't going to be anything else. Now, with the whole, ooh, we finally have that franchise quarterback we've been looking for for 20 years. That's great. But there's a part of me that's still worried. He comes here and yet we still find ways to fuck it up. I hope I'm wrong. Following the Jaguars since day one, it's been a long time since we've actually done something right and kept it that way. But if we do it this time with Trevor Lawrence, right weapons, right protection, we're finally getting back to the contention status that we had late 90s and for a while in the 2000s. Yeah, so Harry, um, do you think, you know, uh, just get your take on Lawrence as the the number one overall and how how you think he's going to fit in Jacksonville? Honestly, I think it's going to come down to Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence's relationship. I don't think there's any question that there's talent there when it comes to Lawrence, but my question will be is how much in how much of Urban Meyer's head is in the game? We've seen it in the past that he stays at stops for a couple of years and then he moves on. It happened at Utah. It happened at Bowling Green. It happened at Florida. It happened at Ohio State. How invested will Urban Meyer be in both the Jacksonville Jaguar franchise and Trevor Lawrence himself specifically will determine the career path for young Mr. Lawrence? I don't think there's any question Trevor's the number one pick, but rather or not it works out depends on how invested Meyer is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think this is the perfect fit for him. Um, shout out to former panelist uh, Randy Isbell uh, when the the Jets fucked up and knocked themselves out of the number one pick. Uh, I was really happy. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think, and I'm going to dovetail into the next pick with what I'm about to say. I think this was the best situation uh, for both these picks because I think the style that they present will fit better in the schemes of Jacksonville and the number two pick uh, that we're getting ready to talk about for the Jets. I think the quarterbacks that we were going to see go here, uh, I think that they were switched. I don't think they would have the, I, I feel that their ceiling would be a lot lower. I don't think that they would have the potential to succeed as much as what the opportunity presents itself. So with that being said, um, who do you guys got going number two? Now, for me, and this is going to kind of be the thing because we were looking at this and all the draft boards and all the hype. There's one quarterback that's really fallen, and I don't 100% understand why. I originally had him going at three, but me personally, I'm going to go ahead and bump him up to two, Justin Fields. Okay, so Eric's got the the first reach of the draft uh, based on consensus and all the reports. So who do you think is going to go here, Harry? Um, The Jets are going to Jets. 
they're going to take arguably the most unproven commodity in the draft at quarterback in Zach Wilson. And I'm calling it right now that Zach Wilson will be a bust. See, I'm, I'm completely the opposite. I think this is the right position for Zach Wilson to flourish. Uh, like I said with Trevor Lawrence, if Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jets and Wilson happened to go to Jacksonville, I think that their ceilings definitely are much lower. I think this is the the exact perfect fit for Zach Wilson to fall into. His pro day was phenomenal. He The kid has a cannon of an arm, very mobile, can throw off the run, uh, great field Here's vision, the- smart. I, I, I think that this is, a, this is Zach Wilson uh, Here- with, Here- with a huge upside. Here's the issue that I have here, Jason. It's not even so much Wilson's on-field abilities because we've seen from his run at BYU that he can handle himself inside of the huddle. The question will be, is he able to handle the spotlight that is New York without doing dumb shit like he did in college? Well, I mean, it's it's the Jets. Uh, you don't have that. The Jets don't have the light on them that the Giants do. And uh, that's why I think that this is this is – thing because nobody expects a lot out of the Jets. Okay. So that's, but, why, that's why I think that this is going to be a the perfect fit to let him mature. He's going to be in a major market and he's going to be able to mature and uh, kind of steal some of that spotlight away as he gets better through his career. Okay, but here's the rub that I have with that and you just kind of proved my argument to a point. Even though the Jets are the second football team in the New York area when you have a marquee name in any kind of form and Wilson's steadily climbing into that marquee name status you're still going to get those moments on the back pages of the newspaper I mean lest we forget with the Tebow signing he was on a billboard right out in front of the tunnel modeling underwear and everything else what happened he was out of town only about a year later so, yes, yeah. you're going to still have some of that spotlight, and I'm with Harry. Even if it's brief, even if expectations are low, lower than for the Giants, are there still there still are going to be expectations. Is he still going to handle that? Because believe me, New York City in that metro area is a hell of a long way from Provo, Utah. I'm... Uh, um, I'm in the d- different camp here. So let's move on to pick three, which is where I thought that we would come to the first disagreement, not pick two. Uh, so, Harry, we're going to start with you. Who do you think goes third overall to the 49ers, who actually traded up, uh, made a trade with Miami to obtain the three, the three spot? I think it depends on just how bad Justin Fields' epilepsy is. If if Fields' epilepsy isn't as bad as originally thought, like the belief is that he'll outgrow it eventually, much the same way other family members have, then I think the pick is Justin Fields. If if Justin Fields' epilepsy becomes a problem, I wouldn't be surprised if the pick is Mac Jones from Alabama. All right, Eric. And this is where I personally have Wilson going with Fields gone at two. I'm still saying that the hype is there. I think it would be a bit better fit for Wilson kind of in that system. 
Shanahan can still do his things to mold him. And this is another quarterback that Harry mentioned, Mac Jones, where I really don't see the hype. Where the hell did he come from all of a sudden? Ah, that's kind of sus to me. Well, we're going to discuss that when we when we get to get to him and uh, a few other people. See, I have Fields going here. I think the smoke screen of Mac Jones is out there to try to <coughs> lure somebody to move up uh, to try to garner to getting that that really uh, that's really high on Mac Jones. But I think it's a smoke screen. I think that they go uh, Justin Fields here. I think it's. I mean, you're going to hear this quite often throughout this podcast for me. This is a good fit. Um, I, I don't I don't think Mac Jones is proven enough because the talent he had around him, which we're going to be going into a little bit more discussion. Uh, I think the talent he had around him made him look better. Um, I mean, he had two... <clears throat> great receiver <clears throat> excuse me he had um a great he basically played behind a a um nfl developmental team in alabama i mean their offensive line is staggering he had a elite running back that we'll be talking about a little bit later and he had the heisman trophy winning wide receiver uh, I think that you got to taper your expectations with him because of the talent that was around him. So I think uh, Jones slips to a surprise team that I'm going to be discussing a little bit later in a trade uh, that I predict. But right here, I think that the pick is Fields. And we're going to move on to that one, to our number four pick, because I think that this one is near and dear to Mr. Harry Broadhurst's heart, and that's the Atlanta Falcons and who I have going going here to Atlanta. So, Harry, you kick it off since uh, you know my prediction, and this player is, is close to your heart. Yeah, unfortunately, he's my prediction as well. As much as I would love, love, love to see Buffalo able to work out something in order to be able to come up and get this guy, it's a position we definitely need. Um, I don't think the Falcons need this position quite as much as Buffalo does, but I think that it's a case of best available here. And it's going to be Kyle Pitts, tight end from the University of Florida, who, in my opinion, was a grown man playing amongst boys in Florida in the SEC this past season. I think Pitts is somebody that is going to be a long-term answer at tight end there. And in my opinion... And I know that I'm a little bit biased here due to the fact that I am a Gators fan. In my opinion, I think Kyle Pitts may end up being the best player in this draft. Um, all right, Eric, I'll let you you go. Who do you think is going to go for? I honestly have to agree here and make it unanimous because for all of the talk about, oh, Atlanta either dealing this pick or using this to get a quarterback to get Matt Ryan's replacement They've still got some time, and especially with his contract, they're kind of locked into him for the near future. So what do you do? You get him another prominent weapon, which Kyle Pitts could very easily be, because even though Atlanta does not need this position terribly much, 
tight end has still been that quasi-weakness that they really haven't been able to sort out. And I think this would be the best way for them to approach that. Plus, when you do move on from Matt Ryan or he moves on from the game, whatever quarterback you have coming in, bam, he's going to have some seasoning on him so he can develop a rapport for Matt Ryan's or with Matt Ryan's eventual replacement. Yeah, I mean, my pick right here is Pitts as well, uh, which I, I think that this is a possibility that they Atlanta trades out too. I mean, there's a lot of rumors uh, circulating that they they will trade out. Um, so I think that Buffalo. <laughs> now I don't think that it's going to go that far. Uh, I look for somebody to make at least make some offers. Uh, quarterback needy team to move up uh, to try to get ahead and try to move up to that. Uh, and Atlanta just move back a couple of spots. I could see him moving back to possibly the, uh, the seven pick uh, with Detroit and let Detroit move up and then following the seven. If that's, if that's the case, I could see them still getting pits and gaining some draft capital on top of that. Uh, but I think, I think if Atlanta stays here, uh, this is the second coming of uh, Gonzalez, um, which is, would be a huge, thing at Atlanta um, and I see that it, it could be a very very big get I think this kid is highly talented I think you're going to see a huge uh, shift in his growth in the league and you're going to see him possibly become uh, if he lives up to the hype become one of the best tight ends uh, to lace up a pair of cleats in Atlanta uh, drawing more comparison to uh, Tony Gonzalez uh, in his time there. So uh, pretty hefty well, comparison. Let's, well, let's not also forget too that if this does end up being Kyle Pitts to Atlanta here, it's a quarterback masterclass for Pitts to start in the NFL under the, Matty Ice. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and also you got to look at how that offense will will. Uh, fan out i mean you're going to have you still have julio there you still have uh ridley and you're going to throw uh another big bodied able receiver uh in the tight end position uh that sets up a, a pretty stout matchup uh for opposing defenses so uh moving on to the next pick uh i'll go first on the next two uh we've got the cincinnati Bengals. uh here, a lot of rumors are going around saying that they're going to give Joe Burrow weapons, especially with the departure of A.J. Green. Uh, I'm going to say no, because you can't drive a car without an engine, um, which means Burrow can't throw the ball unless he's protected. So I think we're going to see our first O-lineman go off uh, in uh, Sewell uh, out of Oregon. I mean, 6'6". Six, six, uh, 3:30. He gets that gives the Bengals a bookend uh, tackle uh, along with Jonah Williams uh, and helps provide protection for Joe Burrow. I mean, they've got a young receiving core there as he is, and I think that uh, if you want Burrow to live, you're going to have to get him some protection. So, Eric, we'll go to you next. Yeah, and if you're talking O-lineman, Sewell is 
really one of the better ones out of the draft, even though with Oregon, their scheme is a little bit more up-tempo and fast-paced. You're still providing someone who can give Burrow that extra half, three-quarter of a second. And for someone who can also step up into the pocket and make throws to a T. Higgins, this is really your best move. You saw how good he was before he got injured. And if you even want to keep him in Cincinnati beyond another year or two, yes, give him time. Plus, it would also help in the run game, opening up some holes for the running backs, too. So let the weapons come a bit later. Protect your key investment first. Okay, so you mentioned the running game there. What do you think about Cincinnati's decision to move on from Giovanni Bernard? I was kind of skeptical because it seemed to me Bernard still had a little bit left. So, and I never really had a problem with his running style and him being more of an outside. Yes, you want someone to have a little bit of power running, but if you're eventually going to let Burrow be more comfortable, you're going to take that power away. And with Bernard's skill set, he would have still had time fitting in even better in that system. So, a little bit of a question on that to me. All right, Jason, are you ready for our first segue of the evening? Okay, what's our segue of the evening? All right, our first segue will be, I'm going to agree with you officially in Penny Sewell. However, the rumors about Cincinnati wanting weapons for Joe Burrow, don't be surprised if this is Jamar Chase from LSU. I don't think – I think that uh, – we're, and we're going to talk about Chase uh, actually, actually uh, coming up Take shortly. Uh, but uh, I, I think that you you can have all the weapons, but if he can't – he doesn't have time to throw the ball to get him to those weapons, they're useless. Um, and I think that's why they have to go – have to go O-line here to get that protection for Burrow. Uh, oh, this I- is a deep – this is a deep wide receiver class. Um, I so I agree that it should I agree that it should be Sewell, but don't be surprised to see them go after Chase instead. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, the Miami Dolphins would be next on the clock, and this is where I actually find Chase landing is in Miami, giving uh, giving Tua Akuna Matata uh, a true wide receiver one. Uh, to start uh, South Beach off. And um, I think that this is a bit of a reach. I don't think Miami needs to go chase, uh, but I think they are going to go chase. I think that there's a more predominant position that they need to fill. But uh, I think it's going to be, you know, just like we talked with Burrow, you got to have weapons. And I think that if you're going to give, you want, your investment in Tua to succeed, you got to give him weapons, and I think the best weapon on the board is Jamar Chase. Now, this is a thing that kind of gets me with the Dolphins and their approach, because there's been a lot of talk in that building about Tua and really being the guy. You're seeing almost as big of a split now as you did in Arizona before they went ahead and they drafted Kyler Murray. If you have the basically loudest voice saying two is the guy, two is the guy, two is the guy, then yes, you're going to go ahead 
and you're going to draft Jamar Chase. Get him speed, capability to throw that deep ball, which Tua was more than able to do before that injury and to see if he's really going to do it again. No excuses to allow him to really open things up. But if those rumors and those voices are still going to keep bubbling up, you could easily expect Miami to go out of nowhere, possibly draft another quarterback. I couldn't necessarily say which one. If they decide to keep with an Alabama track, maybe go Mac Jones. I wouldn't recommend it, but this is one of those, as you mentioned, a lot of deals going draft day. Don't be surprised if Miami finds themselves in a little bit of a mess and decides to just kick the can and maybe deal this pick themselves. All right, Harry. It depends on if Cincinnati pulls the trigger on Chase. If Cincinnati picks Chase, then it'll be probably Devonta Smith from Alabama. If Cincinnati doesn't pick Chase, then it'll probably be Jamar Chase. Although, to Eric's point, if the if the powers that be in Miami don't fully trust Tago Vailoa, and especially with no real proven backup as well now that Fitzpatrick is gone, don't be surprised to see them take a crack at Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And you keep segueing. So with the uh, with this, I'm going to take the lead on this because, and we're going to we're going to re- switch down and reverse it, like Missy Elliott. Uh, I'm going to actually take the lead on this because uh, this is the currently sitting at the Detroit Lions pick, and I see them trading, making a deal with the Denver Broncos, and Trey Lance going here to Denver. Uh, so I just uh, keeping it as is, as if it was the Lions pick, unless you guys feel that something can happen. Uh, we'll go back to Harry and then finish up with Eric on this pick. Um, okay, so. <coughs> Sorry about that. I think it's going to depend. Because I could see the Lions sending this off for more draft capital later in the draft. If they stay in this spot, though, ESPN has their biggest need listed as inside linebacker or wide receiver. I don't think they go a wide receiver this early, although Rondell Moore from uh, Purdue would be tempting, especially after the monster, the absolute monster pro day that he put on. But I'm going to go with Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State to Detroit. Eric? While Parsons would be a logical pick, I haven't necessarily known the Detroit Lions to be an entirely logical organization. So with that, in, with that in mind, I got to half agree with Jason. It would not surprise me if Trey Lance gets picked at this position, but I don't see Detroit trading out of that pick. And I think they have Trey Lance for themselves, and here's why. Yes, they went ahead and they made the trade with the Rams, and they got Jared Goff. But they're already looking at Jared Goff and what they perceive, be it accurate or inaccurate as it may, as very, very limited capability. Yes, expectations in Detroit are kind of muddled, given their recent history, but... 
if they decide with the limited and short-term amounts of golf's contract, they can find a way out of it. They're going to want to have someone ready to go because these next draft classes aren't going to be really as quarterback deep. So if they feel that they can go ahead, a bit of a reach, and get Trey Lance, why risk having going anywhere else and keeping from this for themselves? See, I think, like I said, I think that uh, Denver moves up two picks, grabs Lance, uh, putting Detroit back at the pick nine, and we're getting ready to talk about that. Now, next on the clock is the Panthers, uh, who just made a trade uh, for Darnold. Uh, so they're not really quarterback needy. So what do you guys think is going to happen here? Eric, we'll start with you. Ah, and see, this is tough because personally, I don't see too many problems with them offensively. CMC comes back healthy. You still have your remnants of protection. Your wide receivers, decent, but not really reaching for an upgrade. Defensively, however, a name that Harry mentioned in Micah Parsons, I think he would be just as good of a fit in Carolina because you've already got a good offensive mindset. Defensively, since Luke Keekley's retired, there has been a noticeable void. Will Parsons I fill that just... void right away? No, but I think that he can build into it and really be that defensive anchor that could help Carolina in the NFC South. I was just about to say that if Parsons does go to Carolina, I feel like he could definitely step up and fill the void left by Luke Keekley. The thing about Parsons, though, is Parsons with the opt-out last year, you got to question how much rust is he going to have, too. And that's why I say it would take him a while not to mention, and you do bring up a good point because of how the NFLPA is telling players and essentially teams with the virtual workouts even this offseason. So getting those reps leading up to the preseason games being limited, with those reps mattering even more with this year's preseason and going forward being more truncated. But if you give him the proper time to develop then he can easily move in. There's going to be a rocky first year if Carolina gets him, but you go to year two, that's when you're going to start seeing him shine. Well, you've already got Micah Parsons off the board, so who are you going with, Harry? Um, ESPN lists their biggest need is tight end or offensive guard. Uh, they're not going to reach for Pat Fryermuth in the top 10, as much as I like Fryermuth as a Penn State Nittany Lion. So they're going to go offensive guard, and I say it's going to be Trey Smith from Tennessee. See, I think uh, I agree they're going to go O-line, but I think they're going to go the uh, the third-best tackle in this class, and that's uh, Rashard Slater out of Northwestern, uh, to kind of anchor, help anchor and get that line younger and upgrade it. And, you know, Athlon actually has him as the second-best tackle in this particular class. <laughs> So now with this one, um, technically this would be the Denver's pick, but you know I'm living in the fantasy world, uh, making the trade where the Lions move back. So uh, if Denver stays here, who do you guys got? Uh, Harry, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm gonna need you to start with Eric. 
<laughs> All right, <laughs> Eric, who do you think Denver takes here if now they stay with, at this spot? Now, with this one, as much as I kind of chastised them a little bit and the hype around them, Denver stays here. They're going to be the ones to reach for Mac Jones because all the talk has been Elway. Can't find a quarterback. Can't find a quarterback. Can't find a quarterback. You've shown Drew Locke with his, you could say, mentality really isn't the answer. Hasn't shown it. Do I think Mac Jones would be the answer? No. I mean, Tua aside, and the jury's still out, name the last Alabama quarterback who has had a least semi-meaningful NFL career since Namath. But knowing Elway in the position he's in, see big name, see SEC, get SEC, Mac Jones is here, and ah, it's going to be some more talk throughout 2021. Eric? Yes. Right position, wrong player. Elaborate, good sir. Trey Lance. Hmm. Here's See, why. I've got, I've got Lance Here's going, why. going to Denver two spots higher. Here's why it's Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance is from North Dakota State, correct? Yes. Geographically, what is closer to Denver, North Dakota State or Alabama? North Dakota State by a good several hundred miles. My point being is that I think the fan base in Denver would rally more around Trey Lance than they would with Mac Jones. Not to mention there's also the consistency factor behind Trey Lance. A four-year starter at North Dakota State, three of those years he was national champion. And that fourth year, quote-unquote, he played one game? I believe he got hurt, yes. Hmm. Well, I mean, not so to mention, we're looking at the scheduling, how North Dakota State played in the wild and wacky world that was 2020-2021 college football. All right, so, so my real quick here, Jason, my thought process to this is going to be, I think that they go with somebody who's more geographically dominant to them and somebody who I think the fan base would be more likely to rally behind. All right, so with my scenario that Detroit trades back, makes the trade with Denver, trades back. So I've got Detroit picking here, and they're taking Waddle. Uh, their biggest need is a receiver. They have no receivers. Uh, I think Waddle's a good fit right here, uh, especially with them trading back. They still get the player that they want, uh, and they get some draft capital uh, to boot on that. So. Uh, Jalen Waddle here is the logical pick for Detroit, uh, especially in my scenario with them moving back. So let's move on to now here comes number two for me. Uh, right here is where the Dallas Cowboys are picking. I'm going to take the lead on this one, and I think that they make a trade with the New England Patriots who move up to take Mac Jones, and Mac Jones becomes the future in Foxborough. Uh, Harry, I'll let you go next. Uh, as if Dallas was picking here. There is not a chance that Belichick would risk the future of the franchise on Mac Jones of all people with all due respect. I don't see it. He's just coming up five spots. 
It doesn't matter. I don't think Jones is the guy. Um, I got Brady. Well, they also got Brady in the sixth, so it was less. It was less of a risk. Dallas's biggest needs are listed as tight end, defensive tackle, and cornerback. It is a very, very loaded uh, cornerback position in this draft here. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cowboys be the first. And I see they, uh, I'm going to say they pick Patrick Sertain. Okay, Eric. Well, I'm going to, I wanted to originally split the middle and say New England trading up. But honestly, given Belichick's draft history, I do think he waits. But I do think he is going to go offensively with a player. But that said, Sertan, or Sertan II, he would be the best pick for Dallas. Because they're one of their biggest issues on defense, especially when you had the beige water pistol, Andy Dalton not being able to move the ball and having more stress on that defense with the secondary. They kept getting torched, kept getting torched, kept getting torched. Sertan... Say what you want. I honestly think he's got the potential to be the first real shutdown corner that we've seen in quite some time. And with a little bit of a family legacy of his own to live up to, I think he'd be very hungry to do that. Dallas, somewhat of a big market, but the pressure wouldn't necessarily be on him as much as on other positions in that team. And that's where he could really go off. All right. So with the 11th, pick uh on the clock is my new york giants uh eric i'm gonna let you kick off the the pick here i am actually going to need a quick minute harry if you wouldn't mind taking over (laughs) yeah i got this one it's fine um so your biggest position to need is linebacker huh i was saying inside and outside linebacker as well as center well, in order to not get Daniel Jones killed, let's go with center, shall we? And let's go with the top ranked center on the board. Let's go with Creed Humphrey. Okay, uh, I'll go next. And I think that this is where a lot of people are, are looking for them to take uh, Devontae Smith here. I'm going to say nay, nay. And I think this is where Micah Parsons goes. I to anchor down that uh, Giants defense. <laughs> You better hope Micah falls out of the top 10 because I don't see it. I don't see anybody reaching up. Actually, actually, per everything that I've seen, is he's going to be in the barely in the top 15 uh, due to team needs. Uh, sometimes you don't draft just because of namesake. You got to draft for your team needs. Uh, okay. This early in the draft, though, I think you go best available player. We got to we got to kill some time while Eric steps away to help you, Mama walk. Yeah, I mean, you can't as you still have to address team needs. If you got a linebacking core, that's like the Giants. The Giants just signed um, Kenny Galladay, so they don't need to go receiver here. Why would you go receiver here when you got a a, a hell of a receiving core when you with adding Kenny Galladay. That's why I think you go, you address a need rather than uh, just the draft a player. So that's why I 
that's why I think Parsons goes right here because it's taking a need. And I okay. don't think that people don't people above them they have more pressing needs than linebacker. Okay, real quick before we get, but God damn it, I gotta I gotta start muting Facebook Messenger when we do these shows because it constantly dings because people don't understand the concept of trying to record a podcast. Anyways, all right, so let's go with my and Eric's line of thinking here that Micah Parsons is already off the board at eleven. Then, if he's already off the board, then the Giants trade out of this spot and get draft capital. Trade down, trade down a couple of spots, get draft capital, and address one of their other needs. So you don't see them taking somebody like Koromoa or Ojolari? No. It has your biggest. Okay, so I'm on ESPN's uh, draft center right now. Actually, I have ESPN's draft center, and I have. My Athlon fantasy, my Athlon draft magazine in front of me here in order to help get me through this because I've stated many times before I am merely a casual draft interest person. So ESPN is listing their biggest needs for the Giants as inside and outside linebacker, center, offensive guard, and offensive tackle. So you really think that they would trade out of this spot rather than drafting a lineman in order to help Daniel Jones if Parsons isn't available? You can get a lineman later. The teams behind them are not the, uh, I mean, you're going to be looking at, you can get draft capital and still get a lineman. Okay. I mean, if, if you're, if you're secure with your team doing that and w- taking that chance and waiting on a marquee lineman, somebody like a, a Christian Derrishaw or an, Eli- an Elijah Vera Tucker, then like I said, I said Creed Humphrey here because this will help keep um, this will help keep Daniel Jones from getting his ass killed like he did most of last season. Okay, so we're going to go on. We'll let Eric catch up. Uh, so the next pick is the Eagles, who they uh, got uh, as Eric comes back comes back. So um, Eric we was just discussing the the Giants pick here. Um, Harry we stalled Fisher. for time. We stalled for time while you were gone. I think they're taking a center. I picked Creed Humphrey. Jason thinks Micah Parsons is falling here. You already said Parsons is off the board. And I would lean more Humphrey because the mentality is you have no excuses for Daniel Jones. And if you get him an anchor and someone who can help call out and sort out defenses for him along with providing that protection that he would need so that way he wouldn't have to scramble and eventually trip over himself, Humphrey would be the better choice. Just so you guys know um, what I have here. Don't see, I don't even have Humphrey going. Um, Eric. Jason seems to think you missed this while you stepped away, so I'll give you a quick recap. Jason okay. seems to think that if, if Parsons isn't available here, the Giants trade out rather than drafting the lineman. Would you agree with that strategy? No, because even with Gettleman, that kind of flies in the face of everything that you just that he said. And if they do trade out, that means okay, 
we're going to be building capital because we're going to be getting ourselves another quarterback. No, not necessarily. I mean, this is you. You have teams behind you that mm-hmm. you could trade. You could trade back, still get a get a lineman, but we'll move on. Uh, so next on the board is the Eagles. Eric, who do you think they take? Now, see, this is tough because the Eagles have quite a few holes to fill. Personally, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Harry, I know you mentioned previously on your board a wide receiver from Purdue. Yes, Rondale Moore, who showed up and showed out on his pro day. Now, with someone like that, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles really took a flyer at him because for all of the knock about not being a core and the unique statistics that they had from wide receiver, with the division shaping the way it is and the fact that you're now even more committed to Jalen Hurts, you're going to want to get him somebody as well. Moore would be very valuable at that position. All right, Harry. I think it'll be a wide receiver, but I don't think it'll be Rondell. I don't think it'll be Rondell Moore. I think it'll be the one that Jason had going a little bit higher in Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Uh, and I'm I'm right there the with only, you. I think I, I think Waddle goes here. That that's who I have locked in. The only reason I say Waddle is because I think Devonta Smith is already off the board at this point. Whichever Alabama receiver is available is the one that the Eagles are taking. I think Rondell. No. I think Rondell Moore's size works against him. I take that back. I have Smith going here. I do not have Waddle. I have Waddle going later. I have Smith going here, uh, and being the the wide receiver one in in Philadelphia. So uh, me and Harry's got. Oh, Devonta. Okay. Yeah. Of course. All right. So now on the clock is the. San Diego Chargers, and yes, I'm saying San Diego because the song started playing in my head. So I'm going to take this, um, and I think that this is someone you guys spoke on earlier, and I'm going to uh, Dereshaw out of uh, Virginia Tech uh, to help help give um, you know my prediction from last year and Justin Herbert uh, some protection. Uh, and some time to throw the ball. Uh, I think this is the, the most logical fit for him, and it works out. So, would, would either one of you want to jump in and give your pick? No. Um, real quick, um, I think it is an offensive tackle, but I don't think it's Darius Shaw. I think it's Rashawn Slater. And for me, this is where, and I kind of mentioned this, I think this is where the Patriots do get a little bit antsy. While they wouldn't trade up five spots or so like you would discuss, I think that with Belichick in his history, he would be more tempted to trade up here. And I personally have Waddle going to the Patriots. It wouldn't surprise me if Belichick waited and drafted him at the spot. But if he was going to trade up in the first round, this would be a good trade because, again, that lineman would still be there for the Chargers two picks later. Belichick has got a little something to prove about drafting offensively, and he would want to go not quite big, but big enough just out of spite. 
All right. So who did you take here, Harry? You took Tucker. Uh, yeah. Okay. I said, I said Rashawn Slater. Yeah, Slater. All right. So next on the board is the Vikings, uh, which I'm going to take uh, somewhere someone Eric is familiar with. And Phillips, uh, the edge rusher out of Miami, uh, I think he perfectly fits into the the physicality of that uh, Vikings defense. So, <clears throat> who do you guys got? Uh, right team, right team, wrong defensive lineman. Gregory Russo, the top ranked defensive end out of the University of Miami of Florida. Personally, I would see with the Vikings going Phillips at the left because with generating more pressure and with his moves around that left-hand side, I think the Vikings would be much more comfortable with him than Rusu. All right, next is actually the Patriots pick. Um, And... This is where I, I, I said that they're going to trade with the Cowboys, so I will be picking for Dallas here. Uh, Eric, who do you think the Patriots uh, – did you say the Patriots are going to move up and switch he with said the they Eagles were going to switch with, He said they were going to switch with the Chargers. Right. Chargers. So with the Chargers, this is where they would get Slater. Okay, so you're saying, you're saying New England moves up, Chargers move back to this spot. Mm-hmm. New, England take, New England takes Waddle, you said? Yes. And the Chargers take Slater here? Okay. Yes. Harry? I think Mac Jones falls to New England at 15. Uh, see, I've got him already off the board. I think this is where where the Cowboys actually get the person you picked for him earlier, uh, and that's Sertain uh, out of Alabama. I think that he slides here. And Dallas oh. is fortunate to grab him. Oh, I absolutely could see Sertain falling out of the top 10 just because cornerback is such a tricky position to, to speculate on. And usually often, uh, usually GMs and stuff are more willing to take chances on offensive players in, re- in terms of reaching in the draft than they are on defensive players. All right. However, however, I will see that if this were the draft to kind of buck that trend, this would be it because you're seeing more of an emphasis on wide receivers, especially with teams in different divisions. They're going to go with corners. Yes. I saw that look. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, Nine. No, go ahead. I'm just saying 90 minutes is unrealistic. Go ahead. <laughs> it's going to be 90 minutes. So with that being said, right here, <laughs> go to Grammarly.com. W2M for all your needs and say okay. First of all, Garmer, I I don't care. Get Get Grammarly.com/slash/W2M network. All right. So with the with the next pick, you got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Harry, you you pick them for Arizona here. Yeah, I'll take for Arizona here. Um. Oh shit. Well, that's unfortunate for me. Arizona's top listed need is tight end. I wouldn't be surprised to see this be Fryer move. I mean, well, 
It's tight end or cornerback, so maybe they take Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech if he falls to them here? I don't know. I mean, if you're picking between those two, Fryer would be better for them. Oof. They're in a tough spot, but if I were to lean anybody, I would lean Fryer. All right, so is that who you're taking, Eric? Yeah. See, I'm going cornerback, but I think it's going to be Horn uh, out of South Carolina. Uh, I think, especially in that division, that this is going to be a, uh, a need, desperate need for for them. So I, I think that they do go cornerback, and I think it's going to be Horn. So here's the 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 consensus that everybody's uh, going to fuck the draft up. The team that will fuck the draft up uh, with the Raiders uh, on the clock. <laughs> um, I think that. The Raiders actually pull a solid move right here, surprisingly, uh, building on a nice draft class uh, over the past couple of years. And I think that they go uh, Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, to start anchoring that defense and uh, trying to be a force in the AFC West. Uh, Harry, you're up picking for Oakland. Well, let me rephrase that. Las Vegas. And Harry's on mute. Well, but, I mean, I would. In this sorry about case, that. Oh, that's okay. I'm back. Um, give me Samuel Cosme, uh, offensive tackle from Texas. Okay. Okay. That's. Uh, I think that that works. I mean. Davis they definitely need some O-lines. They need some help in the O-line. Jason, what's Davis's first name? Davis. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, why did you say that, Eric? Go ahead and give us your pick. No, because the reason why I was saying with Las Vegas, so that way everybody can breathe. Yeah, I... Because I don't know if they would want to go... O line this early, I think they really would go more towards Davis because again, if you're getting all this new crop of offensive talent, Gruden is definitely more reactive in some ways in the draft rather than proactive. And I think he's going to have a couple more voices in his ear. So Davis would be the more not entirely 100% logical pick, but more sensible and kind of shut your mouth sort of a pick. Did he have that good of a pro day? Because Athlon has him listed as 23rd in outside linebackers. I'm not even who? Jamin Davis. I'm not even seeing him in my top 20, uh, my top 64 picks. That's why I say Vegas gonna Vegas. It's like, well, shut up. You see what everybody else is doing. You're going to take this guy and move onward. Yeah, I'm, I'm screwed. I actually gave them a logical pick. What the hell was I thinking? It's You see yeah. what I mean about logical organizations? <laughs> yeah. Mistake so, on my part. So next up is the Dolphins draft capital pick. Um, <laughs> at uh, picking number 18. Uh, where do you see them going, Eric? 
Now with this one, if they go ahead and they take care of their needs of wide receiver, then they go ahead and they're saying to us, our guy, this is the draft capital pick where they could definitely go O-line. Possibly Colby, but I think they're going to lean elsewhere because, again, Tua, no excuses in the pocket. You got someone to throw the deep ball. We're going to get you someone so that way you can get time. Go out there and stop playing it safe. Harry? Uh, officially, Elijah Vera Tucker, guard USC. Would not surprise me, Travis Etienne, running back Clemson. Okay, uh, I think we're going to be wrong by both fronts. I've got Aziz Ojalaria. Ojalari. Out of Georgia, I think that they they need to anchor that defense, and I think that's a, it's a great pick. Um, he uh, Outside linebacker is li- listed as one of their top five needs on ESPN. Eric, I'll send you the link to the draft center thing in order to put it in the description. Will do. Yeah. So, all right, so here is a pick uh, with the Washington Redacteds, as Harry likes to call them, uh, at number 19. Uh, and I've taken a player that Harry just mentioned and uh, in Tucker uh, to give that, uh, to start bringing back a premise of Washington's offensive line that they've been lacking for years. Uh, and I think it starts here. One of their top five enlisted needs is inside linebacker. The best inside linebacker still on the board here. Give me Zavin Collins from Tulsa. That's not a bad pick. Eric? Mm, mm, Again, going with the illogical route, because they're in desperate need right now and could use that big name, Snyder might go ahead and pull and pick up Etienne here. I don't necessarily know how that would fit, but maybe for taking pressure off Fitzpatrick, I don't know. I think it wouldn't be the best idea if they did, which means that's probably exactly what's going to happen. Oh, Lord. <laughs> if there is if there is one thing we have learned in the four years of doing this show, Snyder's going to Snyder. Yeah. All right, so here is going to be a run back to back. Same position for me. Um, we've talked about these players earlier. Uh, I know Harry's brought at least one of them up here. Uh, so with this pick, the Bears are on the clock. And what do you think that they do here, Harry? Uh, hold on. I have to pull up Chicago's thing on ESPN real quick. All right, I got it. Um. Their top two of their top three needs are offensive line, so it's going to be offensive line. I don't think I've officially given Christian Darrisaw home yet. I don't think so. I don't think you. I think you've mentioned him, but you haven't. Gave yeah, him so the, let's, go, let's go Christian Darrisaw here, uh, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Alternatively, if Darrisaw is off the board, give me Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State. Okay, Eric. I think they would probably lean towards Davis first because, well, with the kind of more grit that you see in the Big Ten, so it's a little bit more pressure on guards to really slug it out. 
Plus, let's Fair. face it, not only locality and weather being a factor, Davis would be the more logical lineman in Chicago. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going a different route. I'm going with Bateman here out of Minnesota uh, to uh, give, <laughs> give that offense a little bit of firepower. Uh, he's a great uh, yards after catch receiver. Uh, he's got... He's really deceptive in his route runnings. Uh, and I think that, you know, it could it could work out for Chicago adding a, oh. adding a receiver such as him uh, at Real quick, the, the 20 spot. Go ahead. Real quick, real quick, Jason, if they pick a receiver, it's Rondell Moore from Purdue just because of the home, the home state connections. Uh, we're going to get to him shortly. Mm-hmm. All right, so... How uh, <laughs> Dramatic reverb? Maybe. Uh, next on the clock is the Indianapolis Colts, um, who I actually think uh, is taking more, just not the one you think. Uh, I think it's Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, um, who is going to be the perfect uh slot receiver to work into this offense with new quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, Eric? Gee, that actually is perfect. Given Wentz's nature for really wanting to go checkdowns, Elijah Moore, he runs a lot of very efficient shorter routes and can get himself open in space for closer to the line of scrimmage. If they're going to go for a guy to help Carson Wentz, he would be the guy. Mm. You really do know your stuff when it comes to this. And I've even been drinking. Uh, so are are you going to get on my hype train, Eric? I'm getting on. I'm getting on the Ginger Thomas hype train for this one. Count me oh, as a passenger. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, Harry. Who do you think goes here? Uh, I think that Indianapolis works on the defensive side of the ball. And I think it's uh, Kawiti Pay out of Michigan. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I mean, I, I the think second that ranked defensive that. end on the board. Yeah, I think I think that's a definite possibility. Uh, but I think that the way the the teams behind them currently are are uh, flushed out, they might be able to snake around and still land him a little bit later, not much later. Uh, in the draft. So next on the clock is uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'll go here, and I think it's going to be uh, Jenkins out of Oklahoma State uh, to help uh, open up some holes for Mr. Manchild Derrick Henry and helps uh, Tennessee uh, start getting a little O-line help, uh, which, I mean, with Derrick Henry, I mean, he's a man – Man among children, uh, just ask some unnamed defensive backs that got through into next year <laughs> inadvertently. Uh, so we don't need to talk about that, do we, Harry? Nope. No idea what he's talking about. No clue. Me neither. Not, <laughs> not damn All right, so Harry, who, he's do been drunk going here? who do you got going here? Well, we just mentioned him. We might as well put him here to Tennessee. I think it's Rondale Moore. 
Tennessee has a history of taking wide receivers in the first round. They have a history of taking small wide receivers in the first round. I think that Tennessee could use somebody to take some of the pressure off of off of uh, A.J. Brown that they just got in last year's draft. And I think that a speedy wide receiver would do Tennessee well. Yeah, especially with the loss of Corey Davis. Uh, I think that, Corey, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any I don't think there's any question that Corey Davis has to be considered an underperformer in Tennessee, though. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that uh, with the loss of him it does open up a spot on that receiving core that could be filled easily. So now let's move on to the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 uh, picking number you forgot 23. Well, oh, the did one, I? The I only I, thing that I would have said real quick is, while, yes, they would have that history, I think is evident for what they tried to do with Clowney and trying to help their defensive side, this would be a very good spot for uh, Urusu out of Miami. Again, if Tannehill is having an off day and you need to rely on Derrick Henry, you go ahead, get pressure on the other side of the ball to help make big plays. Uh, like I said, I mean, all reasonable, reasonable assumptions and analysis. So now to the Jets. Eric, we're going to kick it off with you. Uh, this pick is uh, taken from Seattle in a trade that happened, was it last year? I believe so. Now, real yeah, quick, Harry, because I know you have this pulled up even sooner than I would. The Jets' mm-hmm. top needs outside of, well, we already have them settled at quarterback. Yeah, we already have them taking Zach Wilson at quarterback. Well, And you, you have them and, taking fields. Yes. Yeah, me me and Jason have them taking Zach Wilson. Their second biggest need listed on ESPN is running back, which could see Etienne fall here to them. However, also listed as needs are cornerback, guard, and, and defensive end. Oh, now see, if I didn't have Etienne off the board, this would already make good sense. But in my particular case, I do. So, well, do you, you really want to... Do you really want to have them going offensive battery for both of their first round picks? I don't think that would sit well in New York. It wouldn't necessarily sit well in New York, but I think if they not focus in running back, then they would definitely focus guard. Because at this point, you have to do something to protect their trash. And that's why I was going to say maybe Frazier out of USC or someone of that ilk. Because, again, you're getting your guy, you want to build protection, and then worry about the defense come day two. And you see where my thought process is going on here and what ideally they should do. Always build from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to say that the... I'm going to say that the Jets reach for an offensive lineman and take Sidarius Hutcherson out of South Carolina. Mm. Mm. See, I'm going defense, and I think they're going to take Greg Newsom out of Northwestern to uh, put in the cornerback position, um, which is going to be a in that developing uh, division that's going to be highly needed, and he's going to have to step in and be a, an immediate factor. Now. We're going to go. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jets in a sec. My uh, a player that you guys both have mentioned uh, that I think is going to actually go to the Jets in the second round. Now, next up is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think 
this is where you're going to see your first. Um, uh, logically, I, I want to go uh, Farley. Realistically, uh, it should be Farley, uh, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. I mean, kids, a freak athletic, uh, especially with their old, their uh, aging secondary. This would be a great, great addition. But I think Pittsburgh goes here with the uh, letting Connor walk. I think they go uh, Harris here to get him a uh, running back. Yeah, we kind of talked about this while we were putting together what we were going to do with this show tonight. And you were kind of on the fence here. And I suggested that with Connor walking, that Najee Harris, especially with the big bruising backs that uh, Pittsburgh likes to have in their backfield, going back Mm -hmm. to the days of people like Jerome Bettis and such. And even Franco Harris, if you want to take it even further back than just Bettis in the uh, mid to late 2000s. I think that Najee Harris is a perfect fit for that kind of smash mouth style that the Steelers ground game is known for. And I think that Najee Harris is somebody who having him, uh, his blocking ability as well is severely underrated. And he's somebody that could help protect Big Ben on on Blitz pickup too. And I was actually thinking about this myself with Connor gone. Yes, you've only got one more year with Roethlisberger. So like I had mentioned with the earlier example with Pitts, get him in, and then when you have your next quarterback, Harris has already got that seasoning. Plus, if you really want to send a message, have a guy in there you can hand the ball off to 15, 20 times a game and run some people over. Harris is that guy. All right, so this is the uh, pick that uh, I think that's going to make Eric real happy within my estimations. Uh, so I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to make the pick and let you guys discuss. I think you're going to see a lot of broken tackles on the field in Jacksonville. And I hear, I think Rondell Moore goes and gives uh, Jacksonville a second elite receiver for Trevor Lawrence to throw to. I would love it, but the question is, would we be able to keep him? Because with the receivers that we have, with the guys like Westbrook, Cheneau, and even going back to before he went to Chicago, Allen Robinson, we can get some great talent at wide receiver. Moore would add to that great talent if he's there and if we get him, but... Would we be smart enough to not only use him, which we would, hopefully with the staff, but would the front office be smart enough to realize, hey, if this is really clicking and we have these two wide receivers, we need to work to try to keep them both. Here's the issue with here's the issue with Jacksonville taking a wide receiver here, Eric. I don't think it happens. Because I believe that, and despite the fact that you guys just traded DJ Shark, correct? I think we did. I'm trying to remember oh, all it? the bullshit we've done. Pretty sure I remember hearing that DJ Chark got traded. Uh, I don't think he did. I think he's still, uh, still there. Let me double check. All right. Well, while Jason's looking that up, under the assumption that DJ Chark did get traded, a wide receiver here might make sense. 
But I think that you're going to want to do something in order to protect your newest investment, and that would be Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going to have them going offensive lineman here. I'm going to have them going offensive tackle here specifically, which is listed as their third biggest need on ESPN. And I'm going to have them taking Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. That would be smart. And yeah, DJ Chark is still a Jaguar, at least for now. Yeah, they're waiting, the, to, they're waiting to resign him. So then if if Chark stays a Jaguar, there's no point in taking Rondell Moore if you have Chark and LaVisca Chennault. Uh, so so Wells, I mean, with a... Uh, uh, I think he's actually Chark. All right. A, uh, so I don't want to give... Yeah, he's... Uh, Chark is entering the last year of his uh, free agent deal. So if they could get uh, land a receiver here and let Chark walk next year and let uh, Moore get his speed under him, I think that this would be the best option available. All right, Eric just had to step. Eric just had to step away for a few seconds, so we'll let him catch up when he gets back. Okay, so next. Next is the Cleveland Browns on the clock. Uh, who do you think they're going to go? What do you think they're going to do here? Um, you got to give me a chance to load up the. Uh, okay, their biggest need is listed as defensive end, which that seems wrong because didn't they just pick up another defensive lineman? Yeah, they just signed um, Clowney. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I, they, for some reason that it just slipped my mind. So yeah, they just signed Clowney. Their two biggest needs on ESPN are listed as defensive end and defensive tackle. That's definitely not the case. Their third biggest need is listed as inside linebacker, which could be the case. And with that being said, we'll go with Dylan Moses out of Alabama. God damn, how many Alabama people am I picking? Oh, I feel dirty. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you want to draft their entire team to everybody? Uh, I think I think they go linebacker, but I think they do go uh, completely – Freak specimen here uh, in a linebacking core that definitely needs an upgrade. Uh, and that's Kamoa uh, out of Notre Dame. Koromoa? Yeah. Jeremiah Uwusu Koromoa, according to Athlon here. He is listed uh, as the second he is listed as the second best outside linebacker, so that wouldn't be a bad selection. Yeah. The thing is, is ESPN is listing their need as inside linebacker, which is why I went with Dylan Moses. Well, I mean, uh, linebacker, I mean, depending on what kind of scheme they're going to run. I mean, if they run a 3-4 or 4-3. That's fair. Uh, so, and typically... I, uh, assume, I assume 4-3, especially with the Clowney signing. That's what I was going to say. Uh, with, with the Clowney sign, I see him going a lot of 4-3 uh, rather than 3-4. So next on the clock, uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens um, at pick 27. So what do you think the Ravens do here? Well, their biggest need is listed as wide receiver. And, you know, we've already talked about one Florida Gator. We might as well talk about a second, shall we? Go ahead. Let's go Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Assuming Tony is healthy, because let's not forget he did get hurt at the end of last season. Okay, you're you're a few picks ahead of me, but uh, I see 
the Ravens do need a wide receiver. Uh, that's given. But I think that they have a more pressing need here. And I've got them going uh, safety out of TCU. Uh, Moerig, Trevon Moerig. Um, I'd assume the H. I'd assume the H is silent, and it is Mo Rig. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I've got going. So we do have Eric back. Uh, he's only missed two picks. Cleveland uh, at twenty. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I was going to say we've got Cleveland uh, and Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland picking first. Who do you think Cleveland takes? Oof. Well, the good news is, well, oh, this, see, damn it, this is tough for Cleveland because I would have them going in more secondary because they got their style offensively around Baker Mayfield, wide receiver situation good, line is actually better than people think, and they just brought in Jadavian Clowney defensive line. So we just talked about why you were step why you stepped away. We talked about the uh, the addition of Clowney to that defense. Right. So I would lean more towards a pick in the secondary, even more so than linebacker. So that way, even though the division is going to be even more focused towards the run, they still have some good protection against the pass. What would be a good but I'd have to look through and see what would be the best corner available. And then for Baltimore, hmm. To, to answer your question, have you had Caleb Farley drafted yet? No. He's the top-ranked linebacker, uh, top-ranked cornerback in this draft, according to Athlon. So Farley would definitely go to Cleveland. Baltimore... I just gave Baltimore Kadarius Tony out of Florida, the wide receiver. I, Their other needs are listed as center, outside linebacker, and then both offensive line positions that aren't set. Actually, all three offensive line positions. Yeah, I would have them really, again, building inside out and going center first. Because, again, if they're going to continue to have Lamar Jackson run, you're going to want to bolster that protection for him running as well as him continually developing throwing. So who would be the best center available is a question. Well, I think we both agreed on Creed Humphrey going to, uh, I want to say it was Denver. So the two best centers available, according to Apple, are Josh Myers and Landon Dickerson. I think Dickerson. Ohio State and Alabama, respectively. I think Dickerson would have a better chance here in Baltimore because, again, with that levels of what we talked about with protection and how Alabama was able to flow offensively even more so to a point than Ohio State. I would disagree with that. I would think that Josh Myers would make more sense because the Ohio State offense around Justin Fields is more similar to what Lamar Jackson does. True what he does now, but what they're trying to develop him into being. If you're going to try to get him to be more comfortable in the pocket, you're going to want Dickerson. Okay. All right. So All right. Now, now we have the Saints on the clock. Um, I'll go ahead and take this one. I think they're going to go linebacker with Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Um, fluid linebacker anchoring out of that defense in a division that – is is anybody's to win 
I don't care what people say about Tampa Bay. They can be beat. They uh, they brought everybody back. They wasn't a great team. They just had great leadership. So I'm going Collins here. Uh, right position, wrong player. Give me give me Aziz Ojolari. Okay. Uh, out of Georgia. All right, Eric. I'm also going with Ojolari. Because, well, again, closer to hometown, familiar in SEC territory, and it's also going to be a bit more of an aggression if you're going to get to guys like Darnold and like Brady in that division, like you were mentioning. If you really want to be able to put the other guy down. You you mentioned hometown. Don't be surprised to see them take a flyer on Jabril Cox out of LSU. Inside linebacker as opposed to outside linebacker, but those home state those home state connections could come into play there. True. Right. So now we have the Green Bay Packers at pick number twenty nine. Um, I think a new a new offensive coordinator that doesn't kick field goals. Oh wait, they can't draft that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they already they already mentioned that on Jeopardy, and we still don't know whose idea it was. Uh, Harry uh, mentioned this player two picks earlier. Uh, I think Tony goes here and gives um, gives Aaron Rodgers his first first round wide receiver uh, of his career. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that, and the reason I say that is because Equinemia St. Brown had a breakout season last year. So I don't know that wide receivers as big of as big of a need as maybe it might have been. Give me Jason Owe, uh, a defensive end out of Penn State. Yeah, what do you think, Owe? We got four Owe. minutes. Thinking with that and that makeup, Owe would be better because again, you could have Equinemia St. Brown offensively. Defensively, you want to lick your chops at a guy like Cousins and a guy like Goff. Yeah, give Aaron a little bit more room to play with if he has the ball more. All right, Harry, I want to let you take the lead on this one. Your Buffalo Bills are on the clock. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't officially have Travis Etienne off the board, do I? No, you do not. Yeah, if Etienne falls to Buffalo at 30, there is no chance we don't take him. Because I don't think that Buffalo is sold on the concept of either Zach Moss or Devin Singletary after last season. Assuming assuming Etienne is off the board, though, I'll take Jalen Phillips that you talked about earlier from uh, the University of Miami of Florida. I think Phillips honestly would be your better bet because I even I have Etienne gone, but in seeing Phillips... You're really going to get a good upgrade at that position, so you'll be very proud if you get him. All right, I I, I, I'm going off the reservation. I think that um, Melfanu Wu out of Syracuse is the pick here. I think that this, I think Buffalo adds a um, adds a little size to their secondary with a super explosive uh, corner uh, in a division that you're going to see uh, they're going to rely on teams beating them with the run uh, rather than the pass. And I think this is where it starts. 
Uh, so I I know Harry fully highly disagreed with me when I took when I mentioned this off air. I 100% don't think there's a chance we go secondary in the first round. Not a chance. Mm-mm. All right, so now uh, f- fuck Robert Taylor and the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. Uh, just real quick, with uh, all four of our starters from last season returning, there's no way we go with a cornerback or a safety in the first round. I just don't see it. All right, as far as Kansas City goes, their top needs are listed as tackle, defensive end, wide receiver, guard, or outside linebacker. Let's get, Pat- let's get Patrick Mahomes some, uh, some protection. Let's go Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Oh, and I think I might have to- I think I might have chosen him already. If I did, let me go with Deontay Brown from Alabama. God damn it, another Crimson Tide player. I don't think I've taken Davis off of my board, have I? I don't think so. so we're yeah, gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go back and put together our draft boards to post on the website. Yeah. So give me for Davis for Kansas City if he's available. <laughs> Again, Mahomes' protection, even though, well, he can still do shit anyways. <laughs> I'm going I'm going same college as Harry, opposite side of the ball. And I'm going to I'm going Christian Barmore, defensive line out of Alabama. Um it gives you a big pass rough specialist uh at defensive tackle, and I think that's it. Uh mm-hmm. and with that being said, we are at the Super Bowl champions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where are your Real Buccaneers, quick, Harry? Under my bucking hat. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Real quick, Barmore is listed as the second best defensive tackle on the board, so it would be a really good it would be a really good get if he falls to them down at thirty one. Okay. So, um, who do you have going here, Eric? My be. Since they brought everybody back, who would they need? What will? Yeah, this is almost a this is almost a pick your poison of best player available, isn't it? Yeah, because you've shored up your quarterback, your tight ends. You already are bringing in even more enhancements of running back, wide receiver, your line on both sides, linebacker. They've got the band back together, so. Really, Tampa Bay could just throw at it and go best player available. Whew. Ooh. Jason, why don't you give us your pick? Because I think me and Eric are in agreement that it's going to be BPA. Uh, I'm taking Leatherwood. Uh, I think they start uh, rebuilding that line, um, getting youth on it. Uh, he's going to be playing guard early, uh, getting NFL experience. And I think it's going to be Leatherwood out of Alabama. Um, six six three twelve uh, lineman. All right, so I'll go offensive lineman as well. But since I already had Leatherwood off the board, I'll go with Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. Yeah, a little bit. It'll be a, to create a bit of a fun locker room rivalry with Tom Brady. I think that would be an interesting choice. <laughs> All right, so Eric, uh, just. Yes. You need a pick here. Throw somebody out. Not for the sake of it, I can Eichenberg, because again, why not? Because I think I already have Leatherwood gone, so I believe so as well. Yeah. 
All right, let's get into the quick wrap for the end of the draft here. You ready, guys? Jason, just, thank you for hosting. I'm just going to Thanks. take a stab at this, just throwing these two names out there. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, running back scoring. I actually have the Jets taking uh, running back at 34. Uh, and if Pittsburgh doesn't jump on Harris in the first, uh, I got him going at thir- number 36 to the Dolphins. And I've got um, Ed and I going 34 to the Jets. So just throwing Thank that you. out there, I think both of them's going to, I think they're going to be too early. I don't, I don't know if they're going to go first round, but if Pitts, reason why I said that he would go Pittsburgh is because Pittsburgh does not have a second round pick. Uh, Can I throw throw a completely off the reservation pick for Tampa Bay at you guys real quick? Go ahead. Quarterback of the future. Give me Sam Ellinger out of Texas. Oh, hell no. He ain't going that high. Oh, if he's available, maybe middle of day two. I would would say second, maybe late second round, but don't be surprised to see, don't be surprised to see Tampa Bay jump on Ellinger as a potential backup for Brady this season. All right. So with that being said, um, we, we see what we're all thinking and we'll compose a draft board for each of us to put up, um, I might have time to square away and do some of that. Uh, I've got our, I've already got mine done. I just have to go back and jot real, your guys down. Go ahead. All right, real quick, before, real quick before we get out of here, let's go over our quick. Uh, we already did the thoughts on our own team, so we don't need to do that. Eric, who do you think is the biggest superstar in this draft? That's what I was getting ready to do. Yeah, but I take over. You you hosted the mock. I take over the hosting <laughs> duties at the end of the show. Superstar, and yes, with my bias, Lawrence. There's a reason you have a guy who's been hailed as the number one for this long. Again, the only reason why he doesn't is because we fuck it up here in Jacksonville. Jason, who's the biggest superstar coming out of this draft? Jamar Chase. Do you guys really need to ask me this question? I, I think my answer to this should be obvious. I and, yes, and yes, you go big or you go homer on this show. Mm-hmm. I think the longest tenured player in the NFL out of this draft class is Kyle Pitts. Oh, you I, said biggest superstar. And the I longest think tenured that, player. Can I also point out the fact that you made a comparison to Tony fucking Gonzalez before he even plays a snap in the NFL? I, I mean, said, man's got a point. <laughs> no, I said he could be <laughs> the answer to Atlanta's tight end need since they lost Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, that's a really high standard to live up to and one I 100% think that Kyle Pitts is capable of. That guy was a man amongst boys in college. Yeah, but so was Tebow. <laughs> yeah, but we have a better history at tight end than we do quarterback. Uh, Eric, who's your biggest yeah. buck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll either become drunks, drunks or convents that just hang around. <laughs> tonight's, tonight's episode of The Kickoff brought to you by... Never mind. Eric, who's the biggest bust in this draft? 
uh, for all the comparisons to the quarterback class of 83, the forgotten man and for good reason is Todd Blackledge in that draft. I think because of all of this hype, I'm going to say Mac Jones is going to be that level disappointment. Could he have a better career than Blackledge? Yes, but he's always going to just be that also ran in my mind. I'm not seeing it. Well, he can always fall back on that announcer money like Blackledge did. Mm, maybe. Hmm. Then he'd have the guys like Greg McElroy to deal with. That's that's fair. Jason, who's the biggest bust in this draft? You're ready to... Hopefully you guys are sitting down because this one's going to come as a big surprise. I'm sitting down. Not since uh, I don't I can't name of a bigger bust that won the Heisman Trophy outside of Charlie Ward until we get Ooh. to Devontae Smith. Oof. Now, now, hang on. You've had guys like Eric Crouch and a couple others win the Heisman and just go on to be total. Stars. Well, I, I wasn't I wasn't going to mention Ron Dane because he is a former giant, but we I digress. No, I'm saying I, I think I think Smith's going to be be a, a bust. I think he's coming in with a lot of hype, uh, and I actually think he's going to be overshadowed by his counterpart from Alabama and Waddle. Uh, I think Smith uh, would not have had the the year he did if Waddle had played. I think that's a safe bet because I don't think he would have gotten nearly the amount of balls that he did if Waddle hadn't opted out. And this, this is gay, that high the season with Waddle out and him being hyped up. I think he's set set for failure. And I, like I said, my biggest surprise last year paid off. Ever I, I said the best quarterback in the draft was Justin Herbert. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to the tapes uh, where you can find the archive here at W2M Network, or you could look on your Amazon Music archive. And that's to say, Alexa, play play W2M. <laughs> hey, I get a spot in there. Get, get Amazon get AmazonMusic.com backslash W2M Network or sir, say play W2M Network on any Alexa-enabled device. So, yeah. So who's your biggest disappointment, Harry? I already said it earlier in the show. I 110% think Zach Wilson is going to flunk out of the NFL in less than three years. Okay. Okay. So I just I, um, I I don't see it with this kid. His work ethic is questionable. He's entitled, and he hasn't played on a major stage. That's ninety. That's ninety percent of the NFL. Well, but I mean, you say that, but then you have guys like Jamarcus Russell. So there's a couple facts here. <laughs> so yeah, but. We'll compare we'll compare quarterback stats at the end of the season. I think we can all agree that Lawrence will put up the best stats of any quarterback in this draft. Damn so that's because he's gonna have the most opportunity. Well Yes, I believe that. Uh, I think I mean he's gonna be a day one starter. Most likely, because they're not gonna want to go into the season with Mike Glennon behind center. Again. I don't know. I mean, Minshew's got that nice mullet going on now. <laughs> yeah, but at the same at the same time, Florida man, 
Urban Meyer doesn't have enough of the Florida man himself to attach to that mojo. And hell, you're still going to have the shadow of Alex Smith one way or another creeping around. One leg and all. <laughs> all right. Uh, does that pretty much do us, Harry? Yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up here. We'll be back in two weeks. There will be no show next week, but we will be back in two weeks with a draft recap edition of the kickoff. We'll talk about who we think did the best and the worst in the draft. We'll run down our favorite teams, and then we'll set the table as to where the show's going to go from here for the rest of the offseason, including me and Eric taking a trip to the news desk at some point in the very near future, Mr. Watkins. Ooh, that news desk is getting piled up mighty high. <laughs> and also, we can also take a look at once we get our draft boards uh, picked out to see if we had how many hits and misses we had. Oh, you'll uh, probably. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take my uh, I'm going to be watching. I, I told Jason this already. I'm going to be watching the draft at BW3s with a buddy of mine uh, next Thursday night, which is why we're not doing a live edition. However, Eric is doing a live edition of coverage of the draft, aren't you, Mr. Watkins? Indeed I am. Hopefully you get yourself a nice good chair, and uh, if EW3 gets some vanilla shakes, I would definitely go ahead and get one. Uh, you're an asshole. <laughs> hey, Harry, are you and your friend dressing alike so you can be twinsies? <laughs> the views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily reflect those of Harry Broadhurst. Watkins, put over R&R so we can go into our final plugs. Jesus. Fine. You just shake it off, and then what I'm going to do is mention that, yes. <laughs> yes, come live Thursday night. I will be with the host, Randy Ilsbell, and Robert Hagen of R&R Sports Report. We're going to be live on Facebook. Go to the KLZZ radio page, but you're mainly going to find them on the R&R Sports Report page. I'm going to be giving my live reaction to the first round, all the picks. I have promised some faction of control, but knowing me, I will be inebriated in some way. So uh, stay tuned and get the over-under for how many F-bombs I drop and how long it takes for me to drop the first one. Hmm. We're going. We don't need no rails. Uh, Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at W2M Network uh, Chairman. W2M chairman. Your, chairman. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could find me on the W2M network Twitter page if I ever logged into it. Uh, but mm. you can find me at W2M uh, chairman on Twitter. Uh, next week, I have a, a pretty busy week. Uh, I know that we're off here, but that doesn't mean that I'm taking a break from podcasting. Uh, on Tuesday night, you will be able to hear my lovely, and if it's anything like the first seven minutes, God, I'm a happy uh, review with Mark Radledge. Uh, when we review Mortal Kombat on Damn You Hollywood, uh, we've got a Black Irish episode coming out. Uh, we've been away for a couple weeks. I've just felt like shit. Um, not really. Hi, Corona. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, I mean, I just felt like, I mean, just mentally exhausted. Uh, and I've checked out two weeks. Uh, and also... Uh, hopefully, uh, I've got another potential, um, podcast lined up. I'm not 100% sure, certain on it. 
Uh, so if I do decide to do it, if it does work out, uh, definitely tune in to the W2M Chairman Twitter ad, see uh, the latest venture that may be on the horizon. Harry, where can they find you? Actually, Eric has to go here because we don't I have talk something about to Eric. <laughs> Go ahead, Watkins. Where can people find we you? We saved the best for last. That's why I was doing it. Uh, I'm the host here. here. Go, Watkins. <laughs> at, at least you tried, Jason. But at the very least, you can find me on Twitter at Squid Sports Head. Yes, I am going to go back to doing some live tweeting as things go right. There's going to be some fairly quasi late night Aussie rules games, so you'll be seeing those. You can find me on Facebook if you're looking for other things at Eric Watkins, Guy, Wine, Recliner, etc. You know what to do. If you're looking for something different, you can hear Harry and myself as we are on Life is Like a Game Show. Stay tuned for more details on that. But if you're looking for something special, slide into my DMs, undergo the proper thorough vetting process. You'll get access to my dark Twitter, Snapchat, Kick, Telegram, OnlyFans, a few other places. As always, this blog brought to you by the fine folks at Rick's TNT LLC. Yes, it is my real business, Randy. To website and commercial coming soon, tutoring services and tax consultation services available, notary public and wedding officiant services available in the state of Florida. Look me up on Sunbiz if you think I'm wrong, Isabel. ATV the Eagle, pretty much everywhere, social, Yahoo, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, what have you. You know where to find me. Grapple for wrestling. I will be putting out my WrestleMania review here shortly on there. I forgot to post it after the show, but I will be getting to that there. Um, Yeah, like Eric mentioned, we have the first couple episodes of Life is Like a Game Show done and ready to go. We're waiting till we can consultate on getting an official graphic made for the show. But if you look in the W2M network queue on your favorite podcast services, you might be able to find an episode or two already that's leaked into the archives. In addition, the reaction every Monday night, 11.30 p.m. over on the ChairShot Radio Network, myself, 411 Manias, Tony Acero, and the co-hostess with the mostesses, Miss Liz Puglisi, breaking down Raw and SmackDown. As per usual, tonight's episode of The Kickoff is dedicated to the memory of Angela Puglisi. In addition to that, one last thing before we get out of here. Just wanted to say this as well. Um, look for me to start writing again over on 411 Mania. Helping Tony Acero with a project that he's launching over there. More details next time we do The Kickoff because I'll have an actual article that I can plug for you guys over on 411. So. For and the absent one, uh, okay, you just get eight covered. Okay, for the absent at Ken's Eddings, I think it is at Ed's E D D S underscore Ken. Oh, sure, thank you, Eric. You would know, you stalker. Look, I'm just saying, I happen to follow her on Facebook, and I happen to see these gifs of her in her different outfits and mentioning beach day things. What the hell? I keep tabs on all my co-hosts around here. Sweet Jeebus, Broadhurst. Give me some credit. Some some co-hosts she keeps better tabs on than others. For the absent, but hopefully returning for the recap, Kennedy Eddings. 
the unprofessional Jason Teasley and the DSDO. He's down since day one, Eric Watkins. I am the voice of reason. My name is Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com and available on all of your favorite podcast listening services such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. And we're done for the week. We'll see you in two weeks with our recap. You've been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network.